Hey, it's good to see you. Um, I have a question for you. It's, it's Christmas, so if you haven't got your Christmas tree up now, um, then you're crazy. But what I want to know in the chat is, do you have a, a real Christmas tree or a fake Christmas tree in your house right now? Um, it's an important question, so let us know in the chat. Uh, my parents got uh, a real Christmas tree this year for the first time in all of my, um, in all of my childhood. They got a, a Christmas tree for the first time. Um, I'm not even living there, so it's good news. Hey, it's great to be here. It's good to see you. It's weird looking into a light, but it is great to see you. Uh, wasn't John amazing last week? If you haven't uh, caught up with it, I would really encourage you to. I know there was some glitches. Um, also in the chat, let us know if you did that thing that John talked about and you, you put something under your mat about what you want your house to be. Let us know if you did that in the chat. I thought that was such a good idea. Um, really grateful for John and who he is to this house, aren't you? Yeah, I can just hear you shouting right now. Um, <laughs> thank you, Andy. <laughs> hey, we've been on this amazing series uh, for the last, I think, a month now. Um, and we, we've heard some, from, from some amazing people uh, based out of this scripture in Joshua 24, which talks about, as for me and my house. It's, as many people have described it in context, it comes at the end of Joshua's life. And the Israelites have been on this crazy journey from Exodus to Leviticus to Numbers to Deuteronomy, right up to Joshua. The Israelites are on this crazy journey, this pursuit out of, the, uh, out of slavery and into the promised land. And Moses is leading them. But in Hebrews 3, it talks about how their pursuit of the promised land wasn't even actually about a, um, a physical geographic location, but it was more about a pursuit into a place of rest, right? I believe that God has called us to be a people that pursue God. I want to talk this morning about how God's called us to be a people of pursuit. As for me and my house, we will pursue God. You know, um, growing up, we would go to the, to the beach every year. Uh, often we go to Poles F. That was our favorite. I don't know if any of you would be Poles F, but we camp right by the sea. And my, my brother Steve loves surfing. If Dan Mountain was here, I'd give a shout out to him because he loves surfing too. But Steve loves surfing, right? But surfing is hard work. If you've been surfing, you'll know the same. I'm not even just talking about actually the actual surfing part, like the actual standing on the board part. That's a whole other story. I'm just talking about getting yourself into a position where you can surf. It's hard work. It's hard work. But see, the place that you want to be when you're, where you're, when you're surfing is beyond the waves, it's beyond the crashing waves, it's beyond the, the inexperienced bodyboarders, it's beyond all the mess, and it's out in this, this open space where there's the big waves coming in, right? And Steve, my brother, big shout out, Steve's an incredible man, incredible brother, I love him so much, but Steve would talk about um, that space like it was something magical, 
like it was something, the greatest feeling in the world, being out, finally out, past all the broken waves, into this wide open space, just sat on his board like he was, you know, the coolest guy ever, just in this open space, right? What I've realized is that our pursuit of God is much the same as surfing. Bear with me. God has called us to live in this open space, in this space where we are in perfect, uh, we are face to face with God, this perfect communion with him, this place of, of quietness and stillness, this place beyond the waves. God's called us to live there. It's our promised land. But here's the thing that I'm realizing more and more lately, is that often we have to swim through the waves to get out there. I want to explain this morning a bit more about what that means. As for me and my house, we will pursue the Lord. Sometimes when we were at the beach, we, we would go to other beaches like uh, Puttsburgh. Have you been to Puttsburgh? And some of these beaches would have really good surf. And beaches with really good surf attract professional surfers, right? Ooh, professional surfers. So we would like... We would like be, um, you know, I'd be like drowning in the sea and trying to, you know, get past all these waves and getting battered by the waves. And then after, we would sit on the beach and watch guys do it like super easily and just smash it and make it look easy. But one thing that really frustrated me that I thought was so unfair, sometimes, I don't know if you've seen it, but when surfers are really good, they don't battle the waves. They have jet skis, right, which they, they sit on the back of, and the jet skis just launch them out right past the waves and just plop them off in the open water in that space, right, where they're just right and ready for the big waves to come in, that place of stillness, right? I always thought that was so unfair. And I think sometimes that's what I thought about some people in their pursuit of God, that it's just easier for some people like, for some people, I don't know, they just always seem to be out there, right? They just always seem to be out in that open space, in that, in that quiet, intimate place with God. They just seem to be so intimate and so connected to him. It just seems to be easier for them. Like, they must get a jet ski out. They must know something I don't, right? I don't know if you're following me this morning, but this might be really simple, but one thing that I've learned recently in 2020 is every person that chooses that their pursuit of God will be the main thing, that that pursuit will overshadow all other pursuits. Every person that chooses that will experience resistance. You will experience resistance. And God has called us to be a people that swim, not go back to the shore like I so often did. I'd go back to the shore just cold and just discouraged. And then Steve would come back out of the water like hours later with his board tucked under his arm like he was something out of Baywatch or something, strolling out of the sea, and then he'd just burst back, and he'd be so excited and so pumped to tell us about, you know, moment by moment, this wave that he caught, and it was just, he was just so excited about it. God has called us to be a people that live beyond the waves, where we're intimately connected. All of God is available to those that will seek him. I want to talk this morning um, I've reduced it to three Ds, 
You could say three Ds. Three Ds that will help you in your pursuit of God. Does that sound good? Thank you, worship band, for talking. You can keep talking to me. Amen. Okay, I want to read a scripture from, uh, from Numbers 9, verse 17. But before I do that, I want to give you a bit of context from, um, from Exodus 33. My first point is you have to decide. The first D is decide. In Exodus 33, it's one of my favorite scriptures. Moses is having this, this standoff with God. I love it. Um, and God's kind of threatening him. I don't think he ever meant it, but he's, he's threatening him to say, you know, you're going to go into the promised land, but I'm not going to come with you. I don't think God ever meant it. I think God, he just wanted to see how, how much God, uh, Moses really wanted him, right? And Moses said, turns to God and, and, and he says, God, listen, here's the deal. I, I, I won't go a step further. I refuse to go any further unless you come. Listen, listen, unless your presence comes with me, I'm not going. He goes even further to say, listen, God, what makes us, Israel, the people of God, is you with us, right? So how will people even know that we're Israel, that we're the people of God, unless you're with us, right? Unless you come, I'm not going. Your presence is what distinguishes us. It's what makes us, us. Right? So unless you come, unless it's in pursuit of you, I'm not going. Moses has decided. Right? So in Numbers 9, 17, we see the context of that. And you can go there and read it. It's really crazy scriptures. Really crazy scripture. It says in Numbers 9, 17, Whenever the cloud lifted from above the tent, the Israelites set out. Whenever the cloud settled, the Israelites encamped. And it goes on and talks more about this. You can read the whole chapter. But basically, here's my summary. The cloud is leading, that the presence of God is leading the people further and further. They're in pursuit of it. And whenever the cloud would settle, they would, they would, they would camp. They would get their stuff out, get their pots out, get their tents out, and they would chill, they would eat food, they would eat the manna, right? But as soon as the, as the cloud began to move, there was no hesitation, there was no delay, they, they went, they were in pursuit of God. I just imagine that. Just imagine that, that you're, you're wandering through the desert, and you're so radically in pursuit of God that... that it could be any day that he says stop and you, and you stop. It could be a week, it could be a month, it could be a year. These people are in an uncomfortable, radical pursuit of God because they decided they don't want to go forward unless he's there. Man, I, I, James was saying it before in, in prayer, like, man, there's so much more for us to experience in 2020. I, I don't want to go forward into 2021. I don't want to go forward until I've realized that it's only him. It's only him that I want to be in pursuit of. I don't want to wander through the desert after good things and realize that it's, it's always been him. It's always been him. He is the way. We have to decide.
Number two is we have to be deliberate about our pursuit of God. Are you guys bearing with me? Are you, are you following me? Yeah, they all are. All the worship team are. Uh, there's a really challenging scripture in Hebrews 11, verse 6. It's super challenging to me. Uh, I want to read it. Um, it says, And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Woo. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists, and hear this, and that he rewards those that earnestly seek him. He rewards those that earnestly seek him. God rewards those that are deliberate about their pursuit. No, no, that's religious. It's not about what you do. God rewards those that earnestly seek him, that are deliberate about their pursuit. It's not a reward, you know, it's not fame, it's not riches, but he rewards us with himself. He rewards us with the pearl of great price, all that is God, all of his nature. He rewards us with himself, right? You know, there's this series not series, uh, like a documentary on Netflix uh, called The Social Dilemma. Highly recommend you to watch it, but it, it, it's, kind of, it's kind of scary, really, to be honest, especially uh, for, for the young people, um, big up to found youth. <laughs> but it's kind of scary because it talks about um, how Basically, the social media and the tech world, this is the scary part for me, is basically bargaining, they're pitching for our time, for our affection, for, for, our, for our audience, right? They're bargaining for our time, right, everywhere. And it's not just social media, it, it, it's everywhere. I don't know, but in 2020, more than ever, I felt it. There's just so many voices and, and things trying to suck my attention, and not even, not even all of them are bad. Like, some of them are good, right? But we have to be deliberate about our pursuit. You know, I saw this video in Barcelona. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's in when Barcelona went into lockdown, and the people are, like, kind of kicking off about it. And there's this guy in the middle just jamming out, just in playing the piano, just loving it. Like, he's just in a whole different space, just playing the piano. And there's people all around him. Like, there's people throwing bottles. Like, there's people shouting. There's people, there's policemen, like, trying to create order. There's people just like, what is going on? Like, looking around. There's, it's just a crazy scene, right? There's just stuff happening all over. And there's this woman that's kind of looking around, like, like, not sure what to do, and then she just kind of moves towards the piano and just begins to listen to him play. You know, I don't know about you, but even in 2020, we've had so much space that even I've realized in myself and in some other people that in, even in having more space, we've actually took on more things. And I'm not talking bad about those things, right? I learned to bake, and, and that's great. But we have to be deliberate about our pursuit of God, right? There's even good things. There's even great things. There's even great things happening that can steal from that pursuit, that deliberate pursuit of God. 
We have to be people like that woman that in amidst all the chaos and all the stuff and all the things happening, that deliberately move towards him and start to move to a whole different beat and start to move to a whole different jive. (laughs) We have to be a people that decide and are deliberate about our pursuit. You following me? I want to tell you a story about a tree that I took down in my garden. Me and Maria have been renovating this house for our, uh, Maria's amazing parents, Manly and Grant. They're a wonderful couple that you should all get to know. Um, but we, we've been renovating this house and it's completed now and it's been, you know, you've probably seen it on my Instagram. I've been, I've been kind of blowing it up on there. Um, but it's been a, a really amazing adventure. But at the start, we had to clear this space to build an extension and we had these big trees. Like big, well not, not super big, but kind of big trees. So what I did first is I cut down every branch on the trees. This is like a bare branch, bare, bare trunk, sorry. And then I began to dig around the trunk. And as I dug, I, I was hacking out the roots and, and loosening it up and hacking and digging and hacking and digging, right? But that evening, we, we had some people around our house. So I kind of cleaned up and we hung out and um, people sat in the garden. And when everyone left, it started to get a little bit dark. I looked over and I saw the tree and it was talking to me. It was taunting me. So I started to go over to it and my brother Steve was thinking the same thing. So we went over together and we were just rocking that thing backwards and forwards. Like, like you know, rocking it backwards and forwards, slashing out roots. And it was just this amazing feeling. Such a great feeling, just roots just breaking in our hands, right? It was like that tooth that's, you know, just so loose, you could just pull it off. But we couldn't get that last bit. It was just holding on, like that tooth. And I pushed it to the side, and I took our our light, and I shone it on, on the bottom of the tree, and I realized that there was this big root going straight down, right in the middle of the tree. So, um... I bent the tree over, and Steve took the axe, and he just slashed the root, and the tree came crashing down. And we just, like, you know, shouldered back a little bit, ran inside, just so excited that we'd done it, right? And I was talking to my dad about this, and my dad is a gardener, and um, his, his kind of, like, his party trick is, is rocking up and um, telling you the Latin names of trees in your garden, right? So that's my dad. And he was telling me about this, and I told him about the story, and he said, yeah, in in a very Jeff Rudge way, um, that every tree has a middle root. Every tree that wants to grow big and last has to have a root that goes deepest, right? That goes straight down. And a couple of months after this story, I'm just thinking about this tree. This couple that I was at Bethel with asked me to speak at their wedding in the Lake District. And when they asked me, honestly, I felt super kind of disqualified, kind of looking back at my one year of marital experience and kind of questioned what I'd have to bring to that situation. But I decided to go. And I told this story about this tree and the middle route. And after the, the wedding, I was in the reception, and this woman came up to me, and she was from Southampton, and she said that she enjoyed what I said, 
but did I know what the middle route was called? And I said, I didn't. And she said, really excited, like she really wants to tell me, she said, the middle route is called the radical route. I don't know how she knew that, but I thought that was really cool. Because I think it is super radical to go deep when the world's telling us to, to, to spread out, to, to you know, explore your options, to, uh, to, you know, to go wide, to say, no, I'm going deep. Because I think that middle route, is, we're supposed to all have a middle route, a radical route that goes deepest, right? You know, the banana plant, it grows the same amount in six months as an oak tree does in six years. Listen, this is crazy. In about a year, 18 months, you could pick a banana off a banana plant. An oak tree, right? That oak tree, it can't even reproduce till it's about 40 years old. It can't produce a single acorn. In fact, its most productive years as an oak tree are between 80 and 110 years old, right? It's so tempting to be a banana tree, but God wants us to be people that are deeply rooted. I, I'm being deadly serious when I say this. I feel like I've got a simple word for us, 2020 into 2021. God wants us to be a deeply rooted people. Not, not impressive on the outside, but impressive on the inside. Impressive on the inside, deeply rooted people. And that root, that radical root is one of pursuit of God. God, in all the pursuits, in all the things that I'm doing in the week, right, you are the main pursuit. You are the pursuit that overshadows all other pursuits. I, I don't want to go anywhere unless you're there. We have, to, we have to have a radical root. We have to. But see, the thing is, the thing is for me is we get dis discouraged when the soil gets hard, right? We get discouraged when there's resistance and we, we kind of wait. You know, we wait for the jet ski to come. But, but what I'm realizing is that the jet ski isn't coming. The jet ski isn't coming. There is resistance, not all the time, but there is resistance in our pursuit of God. But we must be a people that decide and are deliberate about our pursuit of him because all of God is available to us for those that will seek him. Those that earnestly seek him will be rewarded. The third, um, the third D is discipline. It's discipline. So we've got decide, deliberate, discipline. Um, I, I, I kind of, I've kind of wrestled with the word discipline. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I hear the word discipline uh, in terms of um, my relationship with God, it feels a bit like a bit religious, a bit structured, a bit, um, I just want to feel it more. You know, that's what it's felt like. I want, I want to want to be with God, right? I was thinking recently, you know, when I first met Maria uh, in Redding, California, 
I didn't have to try to think about her. And about you, if you've dated a girl, I didn't have to try to think about her. I didn't have to try to, um, to pursue her. To, to, you know, I sent her poems and um, I sent her uh, gifts and we went on dates and um, Maria sent me postcards from loads of different places all around the world. It, it was easy, right? I felt it all the time. But here's the thing that might shock you. You know, we got married, and we've only been married a short amount of time, but, you know, we got jobs, and good things happened. Maria smashed her degree. She got a first. Isn't she awesome? Um, you know, I, I was, uh, you know, doing youth work and doing business stuff, and life happens, right? And there's a time when you realize I have to shift and I have to actually be disciplined if I want to continue to be a person of pursuit of, of my wife, Maria. And, and there's part of you that says, oh, no, it's, it, you should just feel it, right? But I think people that decide to be disciplined are people that have moved beyond fantasy. It's a fantasy to think that you won't need discipline. It is. It's a fantasy to think that you won't need discipline in your pursuit of God. If you want to be a tree that lasts, a tree that's got those swings in it, right? A tree that's got people's initials ingrained in it, right? If you want to be a tree that's big, you have to be disciplined in your pursuit of God. So I started writing um, reminders on my phone, pursue Maria, plan a date for Maria. Um... Tell Maria that you love her. You think, well, that's, that's crazy. Sure, sure you just naturally did that. You know, it's not, it's not always like that. You know, there's obviously there's spontaneous feeling of, of stuff that happens in between. There's so many moments, right, where stuff happens. But, but we're driven by this discipline, right? And it's the same with God. I'm laboring the point. But it's the same with God. If we are serious about our pursuit of him, we have to be sober-minded about our discipline with him, right? Are you getting, is this making sense? We have to be disciplined. I want, I want to share a, a couple of practical thoughts on what you could even do this week to uh, grow in, in discipline, things that you could practice. But, you know, what I really wanted to convey this morning, you know, I think I've grown up, I've had this feeling that it will just be easy, you know, and, 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 and we, we fall in love with God um, and, and stuff's just easy, stuff's fun, it's exciting, and then we get to a place where it just doesn't happen and we slowly, it doesn't happen anymore. And what I wanted to convey is there is a space where God has called us to live, a place that we are intimate and connected with God, right? God wants us to live there. It's where we were born to be, right? But to be there, we have to swim through waves. We have to decide, be deliberate, and be disciplined in our pursuit of God. So um, I don't know if, if someone could just, oh, you're there, bro. You're just there. If Sam, if you could just blow us away with some keys, that would be awesome. Um, I don't know if what you're thinking about right now, maybe there's one of those things um, that specifically is speaking to you. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for us all. And um, 
I really believe that God's going to begin to awaken people this morning again to be a people that pursue him. I think we have to start seeing ourselves like like warriors, you know? Because the enemy doesn't come like that red face with horns that we paint on pictures, right? The enemy comes with subtle lies or 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 temptations or or distractions, you know. Just watch Netflix. Just do some real work. But God has called us to be a people that pursue him. So um, practically, I want to give you three just, just quick um, practical things that you could do this week um, that would help you in this pursuit. So number one, I, I challenge you today or, or, or sometime this week, put your shoes on, walk out the door, and tell God, God, I, I want to find you. I, I want to be with you and, and keep walking. And you're going to feel those voices. It's a war. There's resistance against you, right? If those that earnestly seek him, there's a reward. So there's going to be resistance. And, and the resistance will come as, why are you doing this? God, God doesn't connect with you. God doesn't speak to you. Just, just chill. Just rest. Just, just rest. Just, just watch Netflix. Do some real stuff. Do some work. Do some chores. Get stuff done. And, but you keep walking. You keep walking and you keep talking to God. And you keep walking and you keep talking to God. And slowly your heart just begins to open. Your heart begins to open up and you begin to get led into this open space with God. And then the next week you go and, and it's not as easy and, and you don't get led straight into that place. But you do the same thing again. And you start to just crave that place, that walk, because something just happens in that moment that you just begin to rely on. I, I need to go on that walk again. Uh, you, you tell, your, you tell, you tell your, your partner, I need to go on a walk because I, I, I just need to hear from God. I need to connect with him. I need to pursue him. Uh, maybe, number two, maybe you, you arrive to work five minutes earlier and you sit in your car, you open your hands and you just invite God. You say, God, I'm here. Uh, I want to pursue you. And, and you do it. And you do it every day for a week. And, and maybe you feel nothing. And there's a scripture that says, those that sow will reap a harvest. I want to declare over you that if you sow, you will reap a harvest. So you keep, you keep showing up. You're disciplined. You keep showing up. And slowly, you, you have these moments where God just whispers things in your ear. And, and it changes your whole day. And then the next day you show up and you're excited to be there. Just five minutes, you're excited to be there. And God begins to just pour things into your heart and begins to show you things that you've believed about yourself. And then you come again and you so crave that space that you're having a hard day and you decide to go into your car at lunch because you want to connect again with that space. Or you go into the toilet, you lock the door and you just begin to, you ask him to come. God, I need you. I, I, I want my, my life pursuit to be you. 
not a career, not fame, not money. I, I want my life pursuit to be you, Jesus. Maybe you need to set a reminder to draw yourself away once a day, maybe at 12 o'clock or whatever. You set a reminder and it reminds you. Three things. Why don't you just close your eyes? I want to I wanna kind of just pray and, and lead us. You can start playing, Sam. I want to um, lead us into a, um, just a little, a little encounter. So just close your eyes. You know, I remember hearing Todd White speak, and he, he came and shared to us as, as leaders at Bethel. And, and it, the first thing he said was, this morning I, was spending th- I spent three hours with God. I don't remember anything that he said after that. I was just so distracted by that. How, how could one person spend three hours with God? It just blew me away. Like, like how, what are you even doing for three hours, right? I'm struggling to sit still for 10 minutes. And if some of you are, are, are watching and like, oh, it's good, but I just, I just don't feel it. I can't do it. Um, I, I don't know. Just start. Start small. Just decide. Be deliberate. I, I promise that God rewards those that earnestly seek him. He does. See, we are, we are called to be a people, not, not made up of pastors and, and missionaries, but made up of bricklayers and electricians and, and accountants and nurses and, and doctors and financial advisors, all that have decided their main pursuit in, in, in every day of this life, all the time on this earth, our main pursuit, it, it, it won't be anything else but him. It will be him. Our main pursuit, even when it gets hard, even when the swell picks up on the, in the sea, I'm going to keep swimming. I know there's a space that I was born to live in beyond those waves. So I just want you to close your eyes and imagine that you're in the sea. Imagine you're in the sea. Imagine your favorite beach. Maybe it's Croyd. Maybe it's Bude. Maybe it's Polzef. Wherever it is, it's got to be in the UK though because you can't fly. Imagine a beach in the UK and you're swimming in the sea, right? And I want you to imagine that you're swimming through the waves. Maybe some of you are doing those impressive duck dives where you just duck under the waves. You're swimming, you're swimming out. Just imagine yourself swimming out just now. And as you swim, just begin to, just, you know, you can see those waves, the big waves that are way out there. You can see that open space that I was talking about. Just, you know, imagine yourself just getting closer. You're getting out there. And you might feel discouragement even now as you're thinking about it. But just imagine yourself swimming, swimming. You can feel it in your shoulders and your arms. It's, it's tiring, but you're getting out there. And now you're out there and your board's there and you're sat on your board and it's just, it's just all you can see is sea. All you can see is sea and the waves and the distractions and all the stuff and all the voices and all the, all the things, all the stuff is it, it, beyond you. You've moved through it all and you're sat on your board in this open space where it's just you and God. 
just begin to feel what it feels like to be there, to be in that open space with him. And you know your, your situation might not have changed. You, you might still have challenges at home. You might still, you might still be battling things. You might still be in, in financial difficulty, but just let yourself be there. Just enjoy it. This is where he wants you to be. He's not mad. He's not angry. He's not wondering, how, what, where have you been? Why haven't you been out here? He's just so pleased that you're there. He's so pleased. He's so worth it. His presence is so worth it. And just now, just ask him, Lord, what do I need to do to live out here more often? What do I need to do to live out here more often? Maybe it's, maybe it's you've never really decided that that's your main thing. Maybe you've never even given your life to Jesus. Maybe you need to decide. Maybe that you've wanted to, but it's just felt, ugh, just hard. I just, you've never been deliberate. There's been all this other stuff, and you've never actually been deliberate about it. Maybe God's just speaking to you about that now. Ways you can be deliberate. Things that you need to, to set aside. Things that you need to silence. Or maybe he's asking you, to, to put some disciplines in place. Maybe he's speaking to you now about some things that you can do that will discipline you. Maybe he's talking to you about that space, that car journey where you can talk to him. Maybe he's talking to you about that field you've always thought about walking in. Just let him talk. and I'm just going to pray as we close. Lord, you're so worth it. You are so worth it. You're so worth it, Jesus. Your presence is so worth it. I pray right now for myself, and for us as a body, for us as a family, that we would be a house that more than anything pursues you. More than anything, the main pursuit, the pursuit that overshadows all other pursuits is you. Whoever you are. Lord, just begin to reveal to people now the things that need to happen. That we move beyond fantasy and wishful thinking into warriors that pursue you. 